0: And today, the Lord, uh, Pastor, asked me to bring the topic of covenants. So this morning, we're going to talk about the different covenants in the whole in the Old Testament and how they weave into the new covenant today with Christ. Uh, covenants are really agreements, kind of like we do today. Something goes wrong in your home. Your car breaks down. You have uh, a contractor come out to your home or fix your car. What do you do? You sign a quote, right? That is a contract. An agreement that promises the contractor to fix whatever's going wrong with your property, your home, whatever. That is what a covenant is. And in the Old Testament... uh, they were used for a wide range of things, interpersonal, social relationships. It was used as a treaty between nations, and we see that in Genesis 14 and 13. Uh, agreements between friends, uh, David and Jonathan, for example. Um, among individuals, it was a pledge, a friendship of kind. Uh, first Samuel, Samuel in 18 and 3. Uh, we have covenants between allies, different nations. Uh, terms, uh, there were wars going on between nations and, and, uh, different nations had to make agreements to keep peace. Business contracts. Uh, rule, uh, agreements between rulers and the ruled. That would be in 2 Samuel 3 and 21. There's a lot to these covenants, so I'm just going to, uh, call out these scriptures and then in your personal time you can, uh, study and get a deeper detail on how these covenants, uh, operate, cause there's, there's a lot. And we're not going to cover that today. <laughs> um, for parties of the covenant, it, serves, it served also as a national constitution, which spelled out responsibilities of the ruler and the ruled. The nature of the covenant was a statement of God's intentions in three of these covenants that we're, to, we're going to talk about. And it's going to be the Abrahamic, the Davidic, and the Mosaic and the new covenant today in Christ, and three of the four, the purposes would be to accomplish, at uh, to accomplish God's purposes that would take us into history's end, and that's when Christ returns. These would be what we would call eschatological covenants, and I think uh, the Pastor spoke about um, in his. Message. I believe it was last Sunday or the last Sunday before that, about timeline and knowing future events beforehand. That's what eschatological means. In these covenants, God states the blessings that he will give Israel when they obey. But when they disobey, the consequences are disastrous. The same is with us today if the Lord gives us a command and tells us to do something and we don't do it, look out. I've been there, I know. The nature of the covenants of that time is God binding himself by a solemn oath. God is excellent in keeping his agreements. notes. Israel was not. We are not. The same is with everybody in the world today. God is faithful in his promises. Again, we are not. The Mosaic Law followed another pattern. It's a treaty between a ruler and his subjects, serving as a constitution of the navy, nation formed. The use of these binding forms is to express relationship into which God entered with human beings, which provided a foundation to the believer, believing God's full commitment to his word. He bound himself to Israel by solemn oath. Throughout history, Israel was known for their repeated sins against God, which often brought God's discipline on the nation. God gave his promises, The Old Testament celebrates his grace, which is his faithfulness to his covenant obligations. Paul reviews this in Romans 11, 28 and 29. If you could put that up real quick. I'll just go ahead and read it. As far as election is concerned, Israel is loved on account of the patriots. God's gifts and his call are irrevocable. What this passage is telling us is, once you have placed your faith in God, he will never cast you away. He will never abandon you, reject you, or turn you away. As a loving father, he will discipline you, but he will never throw you away. What is a covenant defined? A divine human relationship with our Father. It is a statement of God's purposes and intentions expressed in terms that binds important word, the father by solemn oath to promise what he has, uh, to perform what he has promised. So now we're going to look at the first type. It's called the Abrahamic covenant. This has to do with Abraham. Now Abraham was just like you and me, going about his life, taking care of his family, taking care of his land, whatever he had to do. Then God shows up, just like that. Leave your country, uh, Genesis 12 and 1, leave your country, your people, your father's household, and go to a land I will show you. Now, come on. One day shows God shows up, leave your husband, your home, everything you're doing, and run over here to another country. Immediately. Would you do it? No, I don't think so. No, we're going to say, Oh, God, you can't mean that. Seriously? No. God gives Abraham promises. Verses 2 and 3 in that chapter. Genesis 15, 1 to 21. Key points I want to point out. I'm just going to keep it moving here. It's a lot. Key points out of that uh, passage there. I am the Lord your God. One who will come from your own body shall be heir. This is what he's telling Abraham. In verse 6, he tells Abraham, the stars, if you can count them, shall be your descendants. Now, I'm pretty sure Abraham is sitting there going, What? It's your belief system. How's your belief system? Yet another covenant, Genesis 17, to 22. He tells him, All your males must be circumcised. What? Abraham says. Are you kidding? Abraham's belief system starts changing rapidly. And he trusts God anyway. And he was able to see see beyond and see what God can see. This is what faith does. Remember, Abraham was in, he, he was a worship of Nanar. And this shows the power of the Holy Spirit working to change that belief system, to change that mind. And Abraham stepped out and went. Anyway, now I'm going to give you an example. We're just going to step away from here for a minute. Everybody remember Rainbow Bookstore? Mm -hmm. The miracles I have seen in that store and the experiences God has shown me one day a man comes into the store. I don't know who he is. He's, I'm in Bible, and He's way over on the other side of the store. Never saw this man in, the, in my life. He's yelling across the store, Hey, pastor, pastor. I'm the only one there. There's nobody else. And from way over there, he's pointing, you, pastor. I'm like, who are you? So he walks over to the Bible section and spills a word from God. Never saw this person in my life. Later found out he was a friend of um, one of the managers in the store. He just happened to be visiting. He said, God told me to come over here and hand this to you. He says, you are going to have a ministry. You are going to be a pastor. You are going to be an author. You are going to be a teacher. And I'm standing there like, really? And he continued on on what God was going to do. And then he introduces himself, and then I introduce myself, and... He says, uh, God will be visiting you soon to confer what I've told you. He walks away. The next morning, I'm putting Bibles on the shelf. God says, go over to the figurines section. I'm like, Okay. <laughs> I'll walk over there and he directs me to the statue. He says, this is you. And I'll go, really? And he says, remember what I told you before that you would be a pastor? Put this on your desk and keep it there. And that's exactly what I did. And there it stayed. All the time goes by, a couple of years, about a year and a half goes by. I'm getting ready for work. I'm in the bathroom. Good place for the Holy Spirit to talk to you, right? Every time he says something to me, it's in the bathroom. In the bathroom, he confirmed everything that that man said to me when he walked in the store. I will teach you how to write. I will tell you what to do, where to go, and when. You are going to be teaching, and I'm going to take you to a... Like he did, same thing with Abraham. He had me go and get my map book. And he said in the bathroom, rise up and go to this land I'm going to show you. Once you establish CIA ministries, Christ in Action ministries, I'm going to use you in that ministry over the city of Lakewood. And he showed me from the border of Cleveland all the way over to Avon Lake. This is where I'm going to have you teach. And I'm going, <laughs> okay, Lord. Um, so, it was hard for me to accept that. Now, I became like Moses. I'm slow of tongue. I'm slow of speech oh I can't do this and I went on you know how we do we go on and on and on with I can't I can't I can't and the Lord said you finished? now get busy so what did I do? I I stepped out in faith and started writing never been to writing school never been to college I started writing an immediate download of his word. The pen started, and I couldn't stop. Pages and pages and pages and pages and pages out of that, 62 publications. Six books. Six works for the church. Each in varied areas of leadership. That's how God works. So, you may not be in the bathroom, but wherever you're at, and the Holy Spirit hits you and the Lord gives you a plan, don't run. Oh, I ran. Oh, I ran way over here. Lord said, Lord, well, I'll just stand here until you get through running away. It's just going to stretch things out because what he's going to do, he's going to, he's, he's going to run after you because he's going to get his purposes done. He chased me and brought me all the way around Robin Hood's barn until I was right here where I started. And then the Lord said, now see, you wasted all that energy when you could have just said yes. Yes. But in our humanness, that's what we do. We run because our belief system is not what it should be. So what's happening here? God was working his plan through Abraham's family lines to bring forth the Savior of the world. Now Abraham didn't know this. He didn't know this. What was Abraham's response? He responds with faith and obedience, personally experiencing the blessings of God. So, just do what he says, and experience the blessings. Let go of the flesh, follow the Spirit. Key points to remember here, oh, I forgot to tell everybody, take out a pen and paper, and be jotting these things down, because it's extremely important key points to remember. God's promises are irrevocable. God never breaks a covenant, but we do. God removes covenant breakers from covenant blessings. Now, I don't think any of us want to be cut off from blessings, do we? No. I don't think you want that. Human obedience affects human Participation in a covenant, but does not release God from his oath. He will always keep his promises. Okay, now we're going to look at the Mosaic covenant, which was the law. We have Moses leading the people of Israel out of Egypt. Israel was a tough nation to manage. They gave Moses a hard time. Disputes, fighting, you name it, Moses had to deal with it. And we see that in Exodus uh, chapters 15 through 17. You can study that in your own time. It is at, at Sinai that God establishes a constitution for the nation to be. The Mosaic Law follows a pattern of a treaty in detail regulating personal, social, and civil life of Israel. There are four things about this law that are important to understand. Unlike other covenants, the law includes an announcement of God and what he tends to do. This law had an existential, eternal focus. The other covenants announce what God will do at history's end. This covenant announces how God will respond during history to each generation of Israelites, his response being based on their keeping the law. 3. The law was to be confirmed or renewed by, by the people. Each generation had to commit itself to live by the law given on on Sinai. Even today in Jewish uh, tradition, uh, they have their young children, say age 12 or so, must make a choice when he becomes Bar Mitzvah, a son of the covenants. He accepts responsibility to live in accordance with the stipulations laid down in the Mosaic Code. For the law was never intended to be permanent. The law is a performance code and not a gift offered, confirmed by a promise. It neither replaces nor modifies the initial promise. We see that in Galatians 3, 5 to 25. The Old Testament tells us of God's announcement that there would come a day when a new covenant that would replace the Mosaic law. We come to the Davidic covenant. This covenant deals with Israel's King David. His reign was of a powerful state and he ruled all God promised to Israel under the Abrahamic covenant. In 2 Samuel 7, Nathan comes to David with a promise from Yahweh. Your house and your kingdom will endure forever before me. Your throne will be established forever. Chapter 17, verse 16. Covenant oath given by God. What we see here, a promise fulfilled in the Son of David, Jesus Christ, who rules forever. Amen? The finite minds of that day cannot begin to comprehend the power of God and what he is doing. Today, don't wrap your, don't wear your mind out trying to figure out what God is doing. You're gonna burn yourself out. Our minds are not built for that. And believe me, I've tried. God is an awesome God. Why? He remembers His covenants forever. He remembers for thousands of generations. He keeps His oath with Abraham. He swore an oath to Isaac. He confirmed to Jacob as a decree, I will give the land of Canaan as an inheritance. And and there on and on and on goes on. Many things that make God an awesome God. All his promises are true. His love for us stands forever. Amen? Because of this covenant promise, the Jewish people of Jesus' day believed firmly that one day the Messiah was to be a, of the Davidic ruler who would rule the promised kingdom. Matthew and Luke authenticate not only his claim to be truly human, but also his descent from David and thus his right to the throne of the eternal kingdom. Israel continues to sin and disobey God. Jeremiah tells the story of Israel's plight, suffering the personal discipline handed down by God. They were torn from their promised land. They were taken into Israel. They were beaten and they were ridiculed. People feared that God had withdrawn the promises made to Abraham and David. Oh, but God. He shows up and he shows out. The new covenant instituted. The new covenant prophesied by Jeremiah 600 years before Christ covenant was made and confirmed at the cross we come now to the table in the upper room where jesus explains in detail the symbolism of the communion cup he said this is the new covenant which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins we see that in matthew 26:28 Mark 14 and 24, Luke 22 and 20, 1 Corinthians 11 and 25. Just as the other covenants were oath-confirmed, we now have a covenant initiating sacrifice. The blood that sealed God's commitment with his very own Son gives us new covenant now made, the promise of forgiveness assured. Amen? Amen. We will only understand all this, we we will understand all this fully at history's end when Christ returns and takes us home. Today we can experience the promised forgiveness and transformation made available in the new covenant. The difference in covenants between the Old Testament and the New Testament is very striking. The Old Testament was carved into cold stone when Moses met God on Sinai. The New Testament takes the righteousness expressed in the law and supernaturally infuses, stop, infuses, that's the power, the burning power of the Holy Spirit infuses that righteousness into the character of the believer. Hebrews 10, 16-17 quotes the Old Testament foreview as something now done through Christ. And it reads, This is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, says the Lord. I will put my law into their hearts and in their minds, I will write them, verse 17, their sins and their lawless deeds, we'll re- I will remember no more. The only way the mind is going to get renewed, this. Bury yourself in this and the Holy Spirit will start to work here and all through your being. That's the only way. There's no other way out. I was in a store yesterday, and you know how you hear people talking to people. Oh, uh, my mother is 60 years old, and she's going to church. Phil so says, really? Yeah. Oh, it's sickening. I-, I don't know what's wrong with my mother. Uh, all of a sudden she's running through the house praising the Lord and, and jumping up and down. She must be crazy. One of his friends says, really? And, uh, well, I'm not talking to my mother right now. Uh I, I don't need all that. I'm a good person. I, I, I don't need to go to church, and I don't need that. And he just went on and on. I'm standing there. Uh, now, I'm minding my own business. I said, really? You think you're going to get to heaven on just works and you don't have to study this? I wanted to run over there. Excuse me. No, no, no. Let me take care of it. But Lord, there's people out there like that. I was like, Okay. You go right on believing now. The only way this gets changed is the renewing power of the Holy Spirit. No other way. God declares that he will transform us from within. The former things have passed away. Behold, all things become new. Amen? God's promises are appropriated by what? Faith. Like Abraham, we are persuaded that God has the power to do what he promised. Promise promised salvation and with it comes forgiveness and the inner transformation. There, these are the benefits of covenant relationship with our Lord. Blood covenant. Genesis 5 and 10, we learn God is the God of covenant and author of specific kinds of covenants, which is the God covenant. This covenant was made with Abraham. God put Abraham in a deep sleep. And in detail, he tells, he shows him what he's doing. Animals are brought in as sacrifice. God cuts them in two, down the middle. Placed each other opposite of each other. He had birds, but he didn't do anything with them. In detail, he in a dream, and he can come to you that way as well in your sleep. Same thing can happen. The blood sacrifice is needed to establish a covenant. The covenant parties then passed between the two halves indicate that they were irrevocably bond together in blood. The cutting in halves spoke of the end of the existing lives for the sake of establishing a new bond or covenant. The sacred nature of this blood, of the blood was attested to by the shedding of life's blood. God passing between the halves indicated that this was his covenant and he assumes responsibility for its administration. The book of Leviticus shows us the power of the blood. For the life of the flesh is in the blood, and have given it to you upon the uh, give to the people upon the altar to make atonement for their sins. The Old Testament shows us the blood makes atonement for the soul. The new Te- in the New Testament, Jesus Christ, who is the Lamb of God, who takes away our sins. John one and twenty nine. God restores us to a right relationship with him through the blood of the covenant. While other religions suggest that this is not necessary and works alone uh, is all that's needed, the word of God stands firm. The Bible teaches that man and God can have a relationship through the blood of the covenant, which culminates in the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. The blood of the Lamb. The blood of Christ. The Old Testament points the way to the blood of Jesus Christ. Hebrews 9, 11 and 14. Paul tells us Jesus himself entered the most holy place once and for all to obtain eternal redemption. What does redemption mean? paid ransom to save a life. The Mosaic law provided animal sacrifices with an earthly altar, symbolic of God's eternal and heavenly altar. New covenant is the eternal fulfillment of God's covenant because it destroyed the power of sin and death forever. Amen. Ephesians 1 and 7 reads, In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. The blood of Christ makes it possible for us to come to him as we are. Okay. You don't need to put on a new dress. You don't need to do anything. Come to him just as you are. Come to him for cleansing and healing. Come to him for deliverance and bondage from sins. Come for the infilling of the Holy Spirit. Come to be restored through the blood of the Lamb. Once we are washed clean in the blood, then we begin to walk in awesome. Spiritual beauty with our Lord. His glory radiates through us. The result? People are won over to Christ. And the power of the enemy is crushed forever. He's a defeated foe. When we study the scriptures, don't give them comfortable distance to be taken lightly. Give scriptures their full weight and receive the power they give and apply them to your heart, your daily lives. So today, in summary, we learn that covenants are clear statements of God's purposes and intentions expressed in terms that bind God by solemn oath to perform what he has promised. We learn today the basic covenants are the Abrahamic, Mosaic old law, and the Davidic new law. All but the Mosaic look forward to history's end for ultimate fulfillment. We learn the Mosaic is temporary constitution of the nation, Israel, based on human effort, not on promise for performance. It was intended to define Israel's lifestyle that would enable God to bless them until the new covenant was made. In the beginning, faith was the only response people could make when God speaks of a promise. Faith alone brings us to a personal relationship with God. It is through faith today that we can express the blessings of God's new new covenant, forgiveness of sin, and the Spirit's work of engraving righteousness on our hearts. What is our response to covenants today? What can we do to respond to the promises of God? Number one, don't run away. When God is planning something in your life, run to the foot of the cross. Stretch yourself out before God and let Him deal with you. Two. Believe His promises. How is your belief system today? Number three. Tune in to the voice of the Holy Spirit, not the voice of the enemy, not the voice of your neighbor, not the voice of your coworker, the voice of the Holy Spirit. Four, consider his word trustworthy. Hear his words. Open your heart. Step out there in faith. Number five, it was faith that moved Abraham to do what he did long before either circumcision or the law was even introduced. Six, it is faith alone, faith in Jesus Christ, the seal of God's new covenant. That very covenant saves us today. What is the relationship of faith today to keeping Jesus' commandments? It is the nature of true faith to express itself in action. Look at Israel. They believed God's uh, promise to Abraham. Those who loved God in the age of the law followed the commandments willingly and to the letter. When they sinned, they offered the required sacraments, uh, sacrifices for atonement. We do the same thing in a similar loving obedience to our Lord through obedience to the Scriptures and the Holy Spirit. In closing today, faith enables us to appropriate God's promises and experience their benefits personally. Whether or not we believe in his promises, his covenant promises will stand. God will accomplish his purposes in history and in all who believe.